Hello everyone yet again and thank you for tuning in to the Nasty Pasty podcast. When you could be doing something better like visiting sick relatives, dashing out for the doctor, getting mugged or witnessing brutal stabbings. Only joking, this is much nicer. It's a bonus mini-sode covering one of the classic black and white origin films of some of the more recognisable genres later on in the horror movie timeline. Now, previously on Nasty Pasty, we've already covered some Jallo films like Blood and Black Lace, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Short Night of the Glass Dolls and Macabre. So today, we're going to cover the very first Jallo film ever made, which is Mario Bava's The Girl Who Knew Too Much. American tourist Nora Davis arrives in Rome via plane to visit her family friend Ethel. On the flight, she's offered a pack of cigarettes by a man, only to find out shortly after that they're laced with marijuana when he's arrested. Heading on to Ethel's, she meets Dr. Marcello, who informs her that Ethel is quite ill. Later that night, Ethel passes away after complaining of pain, and Nora heads outside to go to the hospital to get Marcello. On the way, she's mugged and she falls unconscious when she's flung to the floor. Upon waking, she hears a scream and sees a woman falling to the ground with a knife in her back. Staying hidden, she then sees a man remove the knife and toss it away before dragging the body. Being found the next day, she's hospitalised and believed to have imagined it all by the doctors, even by Marcello, who attributes it to shock. Nora attends Ethel's funeral and meets a friend of Ethel's, Laura, who invites her to stay over. While Laura is away, the housekeeper reveals that Laura's sister was stabbed to death ten years ago in very similar circumstances. After finding clippings detailing the killings, attributed to an ABC killer who is killing women in alphabetical name order, Nora decides to solve the truth about what really happened. After receiving some threatening phone calls herself, Nora sets up a booby trap in the house to protect herself, but it only succeeds in catching Marcello and a policeman who come to knock on the door. 
She then receives a call asking her to go to a location where a voice warns her to leave Rome and because her surname begins with D, she's at risk of being next. Marcello accompanies her and they find out that it's actually just a recording in the house. The location is actually owned by someone called Landini and the pair seek him out. He eventually turns up at Laura's house and reveals that he's been following Nora, convinced that she saw something real that night. Not long after, he's found dead in an apparent suicide with a typed confession. A newspaper article shows the woman Nora saw killed having been found, confirming that it did actually happen. After recognising a piece of evidence at the police station, she decides to enter Laura's normally locked study. It is actually open and inside she finds the man who picked up the knife during the murder. He stands and then suddenly falls to the ground, knifed in his back. Laura suddenly appears and confesses to the murders, all done because of a maddening paranoia she had regarding her money. Her sister became a victim due to her about to receive a large inheritance, while the girl Nora saw killed was blackmailing her. Landini was also murdered by her to be used as a scapegoat for the crimes. Her husband helped to cover up the murders, which is why Nora saw him removing the knife from the victim in the square. Just as Laura is about to shoot Nora, she's shot by her husband, who's barely alive. As Nora and Marcello celebrate the end of the ordeal, she realises that she still has the marijuana cigarettes, and she tosses them away where a wandering priest picks them up. Does Ethel Wignall Bertocci live here? Um, Miss Drowson? Yes. Come in. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. Did I hurt you? No. It's all right. Thank goodness you've come, Strausson. I got here just in time. Permit me to introduce myself, Marcello Bassi. Mm. I'm the doctor. A doctor? Yes. Mrs. Wignall is not at all well. Oh. But don't be so concerned, or else she'll be alarmed. Here's a nice surprise for you. You should have been here half an hour ago. Well, aren't you going to kiss me? So you finally made it to Rome. How was your trip? Oh, but first tell me about your dear mother. Is she well? A silly question to ask. She's always been healthy as a horse. But then so have I. Somehow I haven't been well since Augusto died. You knew him, didn't you? Of course not. You weren't even born then. His picture is hanging in your room. I had a little altar built here for him. You see, I couldn't bear looking at his picture. It made me too sad. My dear, you must be tired. Go up and rest. Now, don't argue. I don't want to hear a single word. Well, aren't you going to kiss me? Go on. Hurry. Nora, you must get to know Marcello. And Marcello, pretty girl, isn't she? I hope you make the most of your trip. Responsible for being the first yellow film, with most of the elements bar the intense colours, 
The Girl Who Knew Too Much, or The Evil Eye as it was released outside of Italy, is a thrilling murder mystery that follows American tourist Nora Davis, who witnesses a woman die of a knife wound in public, only only to be dragged away by a mysterious figure in the shadows. It was to be the last black-and-white picture for Mario Bava, who'd completed his work on Eric the Conqueror and took a six-month hiatus from filmmaking. Filling up his time with murder mysteries and horror magazines, he considered returning to film as a special effects guy, rather than a fully-fledged director. At this point, however, his acquaintances Samuel Arkoff and Jim Nicholson told him of their venture with American International Pictures, which proved just too tempting for Bava. The script was written by Sergio Cabucci, Onio de Concini and Eliana de Sabata, originally written to be much lighter in tone and more akin to a romantic comedy with just a murder mystery element. Barber, however, dismissed the script as rather silly, and after collaborating with Mino Gorini and Franco Prosperi, he decided to focus on the technical potential of the film and expanded any scenes which could be exploited for tension or scares. While he'd done some colour projects before, Bava felt that keeping the film in line with black-and-white horror pictures that were popular in Italy at the time was just a better stylistic choice. Filming commenced on May 2nd of 1962, with the majority of filming taking place in Rome. Leonardo da Vinci Fiumicino Airport was featured in the opening, and the Piazza di Spagna and the Spanish Steps were the location of the iconic murder sequence in the first act. Being a fan of Hitchcock... Bava even worked a cameo of himself as the portrait on the wall that follows Nora around. In terms of the film's content, it has everything that would later become must-haves in the giallo genre, such as ineffective law enforcement, misinterpreting what the protagonist sees, effective and moody cinematography, and a real sense of mystery and the unknown. While not using the bold colours that would be popularised by Bava's later work, Blood and Black Lace, the film also lacks any real gore or violence limited to the one iconic scene where a murder victim stumbles to the floor with a knife embedded in her back. It's almost a bit like a dress rehearsal, absent of the flourishes on the final night that would bring the vibrant violence to life. Having said that, the film is far from boring, and Nora and Marcello's characters have enough chemistry to make watching them endearing alone. The mystery is also rather fun to unravel, but maybe it's just me, because I've enjoyed so many gialli at this stage, that I could actually tell who the killer was relatively early on. But still, I enjoyed it all the same. Letitia Roman plays the main protagonist, Nora, who was an Italian actress who'd gone to star in Russ Meyer's Fanny Hill as the titular character, as well as The Man from Uncle and its film companion, The Spy in the Green Hat. Nora's companion, the handsome Marcello Bassi, was played by actor John Saxon, who's quite well known for appearing in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. But he'd also made a memorable role in Enter the Dragon in uh, He'd also appeared in a memorable role in Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee, the Poliziotteschi film The Cynic Rat and the Fist, the Video Nasties Tenebrae and Cannibal Apocalypse, Blood Beach, and also The Scorpion with Two Tails. Saxon was reportedly chosen because Letitia Roman found him rather attractive, not helped by the fact that he was practicing his judo during shooting the beach scenes which reportedly irked director Mario Bava. Valentina Cortesi, who played Laura, would crop up again in Iguana with the Tongue of Fire, while Dante De Paolo, who played the secretive Landini, would reunite with Bava on the more groundbreaking Blood and Black Lace. 
Luigi Bonos, who played the constantly perturbed hotel clerk, would reappear in Section 3 video Nasty, Street Killers, which was also known as Mad Dog Killer or Beast with a Gun, while Marlo Casado, who played Pacini, would star in The Tenth Victim with Ursula Andress and a couple of the Italian-made Django films. The film had a total of six credited writers, Sergio Corbucci, who'd written The Giallo Death Walks at Midnight, and the 1996 Western movie Django, Onio De Concini, who wrote the script for Tinto Brass's Nazi exploitation film uh, Salon Kitty, there was Aliana de Sabata, who wrote Marco Polo in 1962, there was Barva himself, there was Mino Garini, who wrote Date for a Murder in 1967, and finally Franco Prosperi, possibly the guy that worked on all those Mondo films, but the IMD is still a little bit ropey, depicting him as the director of Last House on the Beach and Against Nature, both of which we've covered previously, and also assistant director of the video Nasty Cannibals by Jess Franco. The producer Massimo De Rita also produced um, Barber's Black Sunday. He went on to become more of a writer, and he ended up writing the script for Mario Barber's son, Lamberto, on his action flick, Blast Fighter. The original Italian version of this film, it had a music composed by Roberto Nicolosi, who'd scored Barber's Black Sabbath and Black Sunday. But the US version had an alternative soundtrack by Les Baxter, who'd go on to work on a variety of movies, such as the eco-horror Frogs, up to, modern version, up to modern films like Tarantino's Jackie Brown, Saving Mr. Banks, Hitman Agent 47, M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit, and even Mafia 2, the video game. While Barber did the cinematography himself, he used his yet editor of choice, Mario Sarandre, who'd worked on his future project... <sighs> While Barber did the cinematography himself, he used his editor of choice, Mario Sarandre, who'd work on his future project, Blood and Blacklace. The film was released in 1963 in Italy to a rather muted response. The film failed to recoup back its budget, and the giallo genre hadn't become established yet in the country until the 70s, really, when Dario Argento's Bird with the Crystal Plumage would cement its popularity. The film is noted as Barber's least commercially successful work, and had a recut version released for territories outside Italy under the title The Evil Eye. This version, dubbed in English, had all references to marijuana cut out, and was much less dark in tone with some extra comical scenes filmed just for the export version. It also removed the Jazzy Lounge soundtrack, and had the Les Baxter soundtrack instead. It's this version which was around in the US and the UK in the cinema. There's no record, though, of any VHS releases, and the film was generally unavailable in the UK until Arrow Video restored the original Italian version and the recut Evil Eye version for DVD and Blu-ray in 2014. It's a true testament, though, to how mild the film actually is, as the release was passed without cuts at Certificate 12.
And that was The Girl Who Knew Too Much, and it's the end of this episode, unfortunately, guys. But do tune in again shortly for another Christmas bonus episode. Toodle-pee! (laughs) 